Hi there, we just wanted to say thank you for downloading the latest episode of The Atmosphere is Electric. We really do appreciate it. Please remember to follow us on Twitter and Spotify and help us grow our audience by interacting with any content. Once again, thank you so much for the support. We really do appreciate it. Hello and welcome to the second edition this week of The Atmosphere is Electric. Very, very unusual for us and the first time ever. Uh, as always, I'm Richard. On the other end of this line, hopefully, is Fran. How are you, buddy? I'm good, thank you, mate. You? Well, yeah, I mean, normally we've had a week to sort of have a bit of a conversation here, but we, we only literally spoke to each other a couple of days ago, so we, we might as well get straight on with the football. No one cares how we're getting on. Uh, and today we're doing a, a transfer window uh, special, uh, and we're going to start with the business that's already been done. So uh, we're going to go down the Premier League alphabetically, for those of you that are worried that we're going to do it you know, in, in any kind of order. It's purely done alphabetically, so don't be offended, Wolves fans, if you've got to wait right to the end, because we're, we're going to go alphabetically. And therefore, means we're going to start with Arsenal. If you've listened to any of our previous shows, I think you're probably going to guess what we think of their transfer window. But Fran Arsenal, uh, some big names there, Declan Rice, Kai Havertz, Timber and, and David Raya being really the four key ones. How, how, how do you sum up their window? On the face of it, it looks a really strong window, doesn't it? Obviously, uh, Timber getting injured pretty much ruins that transfer, doesn't it, immediately for them. But yeah, on the face of it, it's a really good window. They've managed to shift some players with some cash as well, you know, um, probably background players as well, not first team players. Um, so, yeah, on the face of it, it looks a really strong window. I do just feel that they probably need another forward, though. Interesting. Don't you think they need another defender now? Because uh, a couple of, well, obviously, again, I, I, a lot of Arsenal friends, and, and they, they keep telling me we're sort of one injury away from Rob Holding again. But actually, Rob Holding looks like he's on his way to Palace today. Uh, so, so there could be one, one injury away from complete disaster. Do you not think you know, that, that left back now that uh, obviously both Tavares and Tierney have gone out on loan? Uh, do you not think they look a little bit weak in there if Shinjago gets injured as well? I do. Yeah, the left back is probably one now. Now Tierney's been finalised to Sociedad. It does look a, a bit of a weak spot, doesn't it? However, I mean the way they're playing at the minute, they're they've got uh, Gabriel on the bench, haven't they? So they're probably not seeing it the same way as fans are. They probably think that they're pretty secure there. I mean, my major concern is if um, if Jesus gets injured, it sort of scuppers the way that they play. Now, I know they do have Nketiah coming in and scoring goals. So, for me, I personally don't think the forward is, is an issue. But just for their style of play, they like the forward to drop in. And they've got Kai Havertz, but he seems to be a midfielder. So, I, I just think they're one short in that area just to be able to push, you know, party back into midfield. The centre-forward role is an, an interesting conversation for me, actually, because if you look at... There's three teams that have lost their talisman, their, 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 their number nine, their key player being Kane, Mitrovic and Tony, obviously for different reasons. None of them have been able to fill the void. There's a real lack of centre forwards that are available that are going to bring the team. So actually, what's interesting is Arsenal have just sold one in Balogun, who everybody thinks is going to have a really bright future and could be could be a player that, that comes back and you know haunts them. Is that so? You're saying that actually that's a really weird sale, rather than because actually they might have had the solution, or, or maybe they've seen enough of him and don't think he's good enough. I think it's a strange sale. I sort of do get it as well in the sense of he seems to be a goal scorer. He's more in the Nketiah mould and they've obviously already got Nketiah than he is in the Jesus mould. Um, my major concern is just if they start putting um, Kai Havertz up front, which you've seen for Chelsea, he likes dropping in deep, but you still need to get in the box and I just feel they need the person up front to be able to score goals. So that, that for me, is just a weak spot, but I can completely understand the defensive side of things as well. Although, like I said, at the minute, the way they're playing, Gabriel's on the bench, so they're not, Rob Holding won't be getting a start. You've still got Gabriel to come in. And Rob Holden looks like he's leaving today as well. So obviously we're keeping an eye on the latest transfer rumours as well. And so there's not a lot on the ins for Arsenal, but that might depend on any further out. So if you're going to give Arsenal a grade for this window, where, where, where are you pitching Arsenal's transfer activity? So are we going ABC or nine yeah. nine tens? Let's, let's go let's go old school. Let's go A plus, A minus, B plus, etc. Yeah, so I'm going to go for a B plus, and the reason for that is, and it's probably not based on the transfer window itself, is the fact that Timbers got injured just makes their squad look a little bit weaker now he is injured. So I think without the injury, I would have probably said that's an A an A window. Getting uh, Declan Rice in is a great piece of business, along with Timber as well, and and Havertz obviously to bolster the squad. Uh, so I would have said an A, but I'm going B plus. So I'm I'm still going A because again to have David Raya come in as well. Uh, on a great piece of business in terms of the financials behind it, a great piece of business. Uh, you know, arguably one of the top three goalkeepers in the Premier League last season is now on the bench. Uh, obviously, Timber will make a recovery at some point down the line. But the key thing for me is they did their business early. I love it when teams, you know, if, if you're out there now on the last day of the window 
trying to get two or three, and we won't name any teams yet, but there are some that are looking to do that. It shows a distinct lack of planning. For me, Arsenal had a plan. They knew who they wanted. We knew who they wanted. It was quite common knowledge, wasn't it? It wasn't a secret. You know, and I even said on this, Declan Rice is not going to Arsenal. Well, actually, he really wanted to go to Arsenal. Uh, and so, you know, for me, I, I'm going to give them an A minus because I think to get the, the, the work done nice and early with the big names they brought in, uh, their squad is stronger. Uh, but again, I would still like them to have another little dibble before close of play today. Uh, so we're, we're keeping it, uh, an eye across that. And so we now move to, to, the, to Aston Villa and another team that we've been. Uh, very complimentary of obviously today they've just announced that Clement Longley has signed on loan Diaby is a phenomenal football player Pau Torres Zaniola so, so, so Tielemans on a free so they've done some good bits of business where, where do you think that they are lacking if anywhere? So I do feel that again probably similar to Arsenal they're a bit short up front I think if um, Ollie Watkins gets injured the backup there really it really isn't there um, they've really strengthened out wide haven't they which I did think was a weakness for them they had some good centre midfield players but Getting Zaniolo and Diaby in has really strengthened them there. Um, I think they're pretty strong all over the pitch now, to be honest. I can't really see a major weakness. I think another another area of concern I'd have is if the goalkeeper got injured. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, good shout. Yeah. I mean, again, another team that sells a young English centre forward. Cameron Archer's obviously gone to Sheffield. Uh, so, again, obviously, they didn't have the, the belief, or maybe they needed it for FFP, and maybe they just have to move them on, but they must have a plan. Obviously, the, the, the subset, I can't remember his name, they scored last night, didn't they, against Hibs? Uh, doesn't quite the American guy doesn't quite cut it for me, but yeah, I think DRB is, is already proving his worth. He's already paying back that transfer fee, isn't he? Yeah, I think it's a super, superb signing. He's probably the, one of the signings of of the window. I'd say Great, he just yeah. gives them real threat out wide, doesn't he? Which, if you look at last season, of the wingers they had, they were decent, but they were not to the same standard as DRB. So he's a real improvement on their eleven. Yeah, I agree. And, and and off to a you know other than that, obviously first game blip off to a pretty strong start. We're both very excited to see what happens for them this season. And so, uh, your grade for Aston Villa, please. I'm going to give Aston Villa an A. I think when you look at the signings, they've covered a lot of their weak spots. I mean, bringing Yuri Tielemans in on a free, um, packing out the midfield as well with an extra player. So he's he's looking at, to be a bench player at the minute, isn't he? So I'm going to give them an A. Yeah, I, I, for me again, I completely agree. I think Pau Torres. Uh, is one of them players that I've been interested in for a very long time. He's been linked with loads of clubs in the past, including the mighty Barcelona's, Man United's, etc. And, and for them to get that business done at a sensible price as well, you know, left-footed centre-backs, it looks even more like a genius stroke now with obviously Tyrone Mings being injured. Obviously, they didn't do it knowing that. But, but again, it shows if you can get the players in nice and early, if you do carry injury. So yeah, for me, I, I agree. Uh, an A for Aston Villa and a very good season coming up. Uh, we now use the AFC Bournemouth. Uh, I guess it's uh, alphabetically correct. So we go AFC Bournemouth. Uh, I watched them on Saturday because obviously they were early kickoff. For me, they they're another team that was lacking that cutting edge. You know, pressed well, nice on the ball, attractive. A bit like Bournemouth have always been, right? They play good football, but but where's the end product? And so. You know, obviously they're missing a couple of their signings. Obviously, Alex Scott, who who lots of people think really good things off. That's a really good piece of business in terms of getting him over the line for as cheap as they did. Tyler Adams is coming from Leeds, who again is a great holding midfield player. But but do you think they're still missing a couple of key parts to their, their squad and their team? It sound like a broken record. I think they're lacking a forward. You know, relying on Dominic Solanke to to fire you 15, 20 goals and and keep you in the Premier League effectively. I think is a big ask for on on one individual. Um, I do think they've done some superb business, though. I mean, they look at Justin Clivert, Roman Favre, um, Milos Kirkas, as well as a, an attacking fullback on the left-hand side, bombs forward and creates lots of chances. And you've mentioned Alex Scott as one of the brightest English prospects around. So I do think they've done some really, really good business. Um, I'm a bit confused how they're compliant with FFP as well, because they have literally sold nobody. So they've spent a hell of a lot of money here. So it could be a big risk, um, you know, and it could it could backfire if they go down. But on the face of it, I think they've had a superb window. Yeah, from a net spend point of view, they're, they're over 120 million quid, aren't they, out? And they don't have a big stadium. But again, it seems to be this kind of uh, system that the American owners seem to be sort of trying, doesn't it? If we go big, again, they'll probably maybe learn from Chelsea. I think a lot of teams learn from Chelsea by sort of spreading it over longer-term contracts. But uh, yeah, they're definitely taking a punt on staying up, aren't they? I think that this year for a team like Bournemouth, you look at it, you've got Luton, Burnley, you know, Everton, Sheffield, you've got enough teams beneath you that this could be a year where you can really solidify yourself as a, as a Premier League team for the next three or four years if you get it right. Yeah, I think so. I think, I think so let's say, some of the business they've done there, they all seem to be younger players as well, so there's going to be resale value with them as well. So, yeah, for me, I think they've had a superb window. And if they can round that off with a forward, I know there's been links to Pats and Dakar. Um, if they can round that off with a forward, I think they've had a very, very good window. And 
um, they'll probably secure their Premier League status. Yeah, they're currently involved in one of the weirdest rumours of the day, which is Lloyd Kelly going to Spurs. Uh, it strikes me as being a bit of a strange one. I, I don't see it, but apparently Spurs, according to the Athletic, are a pretty good source of have offered twenty million or and or Eric Dyer. So we'll see if that happens. But uh, yeah, interesting. Uh, again, what, what are you giving them for their transfer window as a grade? I'm giving them an A. Okay, I, I'd, I'd go a little bit lower. For me, it's a B because again that that inability for them to convert and to score the goals, I think, is going to be a problem for them, and, and it's going to cost them points. But I, I think. You know, and again, some of these are unknown in the Premier League. You know, Justin Clivert for me, he's got a great family name, obviously, but is he is he quite good enough for the Premier League? Do you know what I mean? And, and so, you know, Max Aaron's, for example, you know, everybody's talked about having a look at him in the past. No one has. They have, which is amazing. I'm, I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing him back in the Premier League. But again, it's they're, they're buying potential, aren't they? Not not guaranteed. Yeah, but that, I'm I'm looking at the other way with a few of them as well as if a couple of these players, you know, young with potential, do succeed, they're going to sell them for double, triple the value. So I think they've made some smart business. I like to see this sort of business rather than you know a lot of experienced pros with no resale value. So I do sort of like the model that they've gone for. We're allowed to disagree, Fran. We're allowed to disagree. Uh, Brentford, a team that we have lauded for their transfer business, uh, not just us, pretty much the whole of the world, football and world has. Uh, what do you think of what, this window for them, man? They've not brought too many players in, have they, really? They've brought three three permanent signings and a few loanees have come back into the squad. So I don't. they've not had too big of a, of a, of a shake-up of the squad, which I think is quite nice to see. And they've added in a couple of key areas. So, yeah, I think for if... Considering they've not gone all out and signed a lot of players, I think this is a pretty strong window for them. They've added three key players by the looks of it, who all seem to be starting as well. So yeah, pretty strong window for me, but not a huge amount of players in. Yes, yes, yes. this for me is where it's going to start to unravel for a couple of the teams that we've been very excited about because I think I think they've missed the trick here, both on the ins and the outs, and and I think a lot of Premier League teams we've just spoken about. You know, lots of people needing the nine. If I was a director of football, I would have been spending my money on Ivan Tony now, this this window. I would have been going out to get him for the Chelsea, the top, whoever it is, Arsenal, whichever team it is that needs him. I wouldn't be waiting for January. I'd get him in now so that he's got the three months, September, that he's allowed to come back to training through to January, working on the system, working on the style of play. So he's ready to hit the ground in January and you probably get 10 million off of him now. Because I think that the big clubs are going to come for him in January. I, I, I'm not sure that this is, you know, again... They're now looking at that twenty-two million pound for Nathan Collins, you know, twenty-five million pound for Shadow. He looks like a player, but don't get me wrong. But they're now having to shop at that slightly higher level, and it means it's a bigger risk if he doesn't come off. Uh, so I'm not as excited about this window for Brentford, if I'm honest with you. Yeah, I wouldn't say it's an exciting window. Like you said, it's not like they've completely restructured their team, have they? But I think what they're probably doing is they're complying with FFP. You know, when you look at the outs, they're very similar to the amount of ins they've got. So they have probably just shaken their squad around with what they can do with it, with regards to FFP. And like you said, they are shopping in a bit of a different window now, so they've got a bit more expense on the incomings. But you know, Nathan Collins is a proven, proven centre half, isn't he, in the Premier League? Um, yes. do, do a good job for them, and I like the look of Shade as well from Freiburg. Yeah, I, I, for me, I think the biggest down, downgrade is, is, is Flecken in goal and, and David Ray. And obviously, I know that David Ray wanted to leave, get it, uh, but I don't think they've done a great job in getting rid of him in the sense that they've only got a loan fee this this summer and then. You know, they're asking for forty million for him, which was ridiculous to be honest with you. But they, you know they obviously got nearer the thirty, which is much more sensible. But for me, that's a bit of a downgrade. Obviously, missing Ivan Tony. You know, I'm not sure that Mbwemo and Visser can keep that early season form up for the whole of the year. And I think that could be again. We keep coming back to it. Goal scorers. I'm not sure that Brentford are going to be able to score two goals every game. Yeah, I mean, we highlighted that at the beginning of the season, didn't we? Saying that um, that we would be expecting a forward to come in and replace him, and they they haven't. So, yeah, I, I would agree with that. I was expecting a forward, but whether it's FFP hamstringing them is, is another conversation. And so your grade for Brentford? I'm going to go C+. So, like I said, it's just a solid window for me. Nothing exciting, but it's pretty solid. Yeah, I'm going to C-. Uh, I think I think they could start to unravel. Uh, and talking of teams that unravel, uh, in my humble opinion, we come to Brighton next. Uh Obviously, some massive, massive players have gone out. You know, Caicedo, uh, McAllister, you know, Robert Sanchez was was you know a bit of a, a stalwart down there as well. He feels like been there a long while. Uh, Dennis and Dav's left. You know, it's a, they've lost some players from that squad. And and for me, 
Now, obviously, there was a little bit of a maybe a golden nugget in that with the Ansu Fati uh, coming in loan. But for me, they're much, much weaker than Roy because, again, Levi Colville on loan, they've lost. Uh, and they've, they've brought in Igor that, from Fiorentina that, that doesn't look like he's anywhere near ready to start for the team. So, I don't know. What do you think? Am, am I being too harsh or am I... I think that it's a really difficult one to sum up how they've done because what they generally tend to do is buy potential, don't they? So they don't really buy proven sort of players, which you can then grade straight away. So a lot of these, I mean, I think a lot of people would say they're probably, well, most of their signings are unheard of. Um, so therefore, I think it's quite hard to actually judge them. But on the face of it, yeah, they do look weaker. But they have brought in some players and they've spent a bit of money. And if they, if they can get um, Ansu Fati over the line as well. That have given some some more firepower out wide, than it? Which actually, when again on the face of it, they don't need wide players. Well, yeah, Solly March and the two arguably they're, they're, they're two best players right now, right? They're, they're the ones that scoring yeah. all the goals. You know, for me, James Milner. You know, I get it, sometimes you need to have an old head around that the, the change room, but for me, you know, I'm not, I'm not massively sold on the hood either. I understand that lots of people get excited about him. You know, João Pedro has had long enough in England now. I know he's only young. I know he's only young, but he's had long enough in England now. He hasn't really, for me, sort of shown any kind of consistency. Not for 30 million anyway. And this is my point. Like, when Brighton are signing players for 5 million, you kind of go, well, it doesn't really matter if they come off or not. You know, Casado. There was no pressure on him at four and a half million when they signed him, but at 34 million, whatever, it's 30 million quid, the pressure from the fans, the pressure from the board, you know, Brighton are now having to become a little bit clever with their signings because everyone knows if Brighton are in for a player. I mean, I've, I've even seen other teams' fans celebrate that a player they signed was on Brighton's list. That's how successful they've become, haven't they? I tell you, one player I'm excited to see is Belaber, that they've signed as the direct Kaiseido replacement. I'll admit it now, I've never seen him play. But I've read of some reviews on him to try and see what sort of player he is. And he's meant to be a carbon copy yeah. of Kaiseido. And he's 19 years old. So he's coming for 27 million euros. So what's it, like 22, 23 million quid? Which, yeah, you know, it is a bit more of an outlay of what they paid for Kaiseido. But if he starts performing to the level of Kaiseido, you've quadrupled your money on him, haven't you? So I'm interested to see how he gets on. It desperately needed as well. Their squad on Saturday against West Ham, it looked it looked a very very weak eleven. I'm not going to lie, you know, it looked it looked very weak. Uh, okay, come on, and let's give them a score. What you got? I'm going to give them a B minus because I do think they have addressed some of the issues of people coming out, but it's then on the quality and and how they perform. So yeah, I, I don't they've not replaced quality for quality, but they have addressed the the positions. But like I said, it's done on potential. So I'm going to go B minus. So I am going to go D. Ooh. And again, obviously, Ansu Fatty's not over the line. We know it's probably going to get done, but for me to lose Colville, McAllister, Casado, albeit for good money, obviously not Colville, he's gone back on loan, but, but you know, to, to lose those players, I think they are much weaker this year than that. And they've got European football to contend with. They've got that Thursday, Sunday to contend with. For me, it's a, it's a, it's a disaster. It's a D. Uh, yeah. I think one just one to highlight on the outgoings. Obviously, they've got top dollar for Kaiseida, but McAllister going for thirty-five million—that's an absolute snip. And to be able to replace him, you know, a player of that quality for thirty-five million is just—it doesn't happen. Which is probably why, when you look at people like João Pedro going for thirty million, you can understand why they've not replaced him yet. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, spot on. Uh, next one's tough. Burnley. I mean, we, Chelsea get a load of grief about how many ins and outs. Burnley's a revolving door, isn't it? I mean, obviously. Uh, yeah, not not many big names. Sander Burge is the one that sort of jumps off the page at me. Is that for me, they've made a direct rival weaker. He's a good player to me. And he's the one that I think is probably the standout signing so far. Yeah, I think you had James Trafford into the mix there yeah. as well. He's a very good keeper, isn't he? Although they did have two good keepers on the books already. So they've strengthened an area which they didn't need to strengthen. Um yeah, I mean, I think on the face of it, you look at what the, the, some of the signings have done. Again, they're all young, hungry players, aren't they? Which I do like the, the route they're going down. Um, but like we've mentioned before with other teams, very a lot of them are improving in the Premier League. So it's going to be interesting to see how they adapt to the Premier League. But if they do hit the ground running, a lot of those transfer fees will look quite small. Would it be fair to say that that window looks like a championship window, though? Without the fees, I'd say yes, because a lot of those, I mean, if you unless you're very into your football, you look at a lot of those players and a lot of people won't have heard of them. So it's either for extremely good scouting 
or you're bringing in players that said you've not heard of. So, yeah, I think it does look like a championship window. But when you look at the fees of what they've paid, it's a lot of money for a club coming up. Yeah, if you haven't, and again, we keep talking about other people's content, the Burnley documentary out on Sky, four episodes, uh, they do a lot on transfers in terms of you know where they're at. And, and uh, Vincent Company has a very, very specific type of person he's looking for and a very, very specific style of play. So I've no doubt these guys have come in. And again, remember how many players they had on loan last year. So they had they had to replace just to stay as strong as they are. You know, Nathan Teller, as an example, who was one of their key players last season. Obviously, he's gone to Germany now. You know, so, so, so they had to do this. But for me, I'm just not sure that's that's not. I'm not sure that's seventeenth in the Premier League, which is what they're aiming for. If I'm honest with you. However, so I, I, yeah, yeah. So I I think it probably is about seventeenth. To be honest, when I look at that compared to some of the other clubs and some of their signings, I like that direction where they're bringing those young players in, like you mentioned, fitting a style of play. Um, so I think it probably will be enough to just secure them Premier League status. And then I'd be interested to see what their next window looks like. And if they can keep hold of company as well, because obviously if they do stay up, I think the, the only reason why he's still there now is because it was like he's unproven in the Premier League. I know for a fact he was on at least two Premier League you know, lists for this season that needed a new manager. Uh, so people are people are circling. Uh, so yeah, if they can keep the manager, you know, again we talk about the, how important a manager can be if you get the right one in and what that can do for a club. Uh, is there anything else? I mean, again, where's the, who, who's need a who, forward? Yeah, who's Burnley's goal scorer? Who's going to be their top goal scorer this season? Well, they've been linked to I think it's the two Genk players. I'm sure they're at Genk. One's pencil and another another player. They've been linked to another forward. Um, one of them has turned them down and I think they've now gone to the sort of right winger called Paintsell, I think it is. Yeah. If they can get a forward over the line, then yeah, I think that looks at a much better window. But in the face of it, I mean, they had Veghorst on the books, don't they? And he's gone out on loan again. Yep. Um, which I thought was a bit strange, really. He's, you know, when we say he's proven in the Premier League, he's, he's a proven player, isn't he, in the top leagues, which I thought he might have done them a good turn up front. So yeah, I, I thought it was a bit strange him going out, but he's clearly not not fitting into the squad. So again, if they can get somebody in that fits into the style of play in the squad, I think that's a good window. Give them a mark. I'm going to go B minus so far, but if you can get a forward in, I'll go B plus. Yeah, it's a C for me. It's a bit meh. I think, I think they needed more. If I'm honest with you, I think they might regret not, not really going for it. But again, there's still still some time left in the window. Uh, after the Bs, unfortunately, this one could take a while, Frank. Make yourself comfortable. We come to Chelsea. Uh, uh, where, where do you even start with this complete nonsense? Well, we've only got an hour, so let's not read through all the transfers in. It's nuts, isn't it? Uh, you know, obviously today they've got Cole Palmer, Palmer over the line at forty-five million quid. You know, the, the, the one, the one that really excites me is Ngunku. I think in that team, he could be the difference maker. I think, you know, we're talking all the other teams about having number nine. I think he makes Jackson better. I think Nkunku, I was really looking forward to seeing him, if he could break that sort of Bundesliga kind of curse of coming to the Premier League and actually delivering what you've done in Germany. And he looked like in pre-season he could. He, for me, could be the difference. If they can get him back fit quickly, that's what all of a sudden, that team all of a sudden takes on a different shape for me. Yeah, I think he is probably the key to that, isn't he? They say, we've said that midfield, even though they've signed Caicedo, Lavia and Fernandez before that, the, the creativity higher up the pitch just isn't there. And he's that sort of person, isn't he? Dropping in the holes, coming off the left, coming off the right. Um, so, yeah, they, they'll be desperate to get him back. But I think on the face of it, again, they're still lacking in some areas. With, and it's, it's shocking to say that, isn't it? The amount of money they've spent, I still feel that they're lacking in areas. They are, yeah, they definitely are. Again, you know, we've... Uh... If Jackson got injured, who plays there? Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, you know, uh, Reece James has gone down, and there were, um, although I rate him a lot, and, you know, I spoke about him being in the fantasy team, you know, Gusto, you know, he's unproven, you know, he looks raw still, he looks like he could be, you know, a bit of a mistake occasionally, uh, you know, and they've lost, I mean, the list out is Havertz, Mount, Kovacic, Kulabai, Pulisic, Mendy, Loftus Cheek, Ampadu, Lukaku, Arizabaga, Kante, Abamyang. Baba Raymond, Aspilicueta, Bakayoko, Ziyech, Fafana, Lewis Hall, Zakaria and Joe Felix. I mean, that, 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 that's crazy, isn't it? Uh, a lot of a lot of those outs, where, and a lot of them have gone for you know stupid money as well, either re- a, a little bit of money or too much money. There's not really a sort of mid-ground for it, but you're looking at people like Pulisic, 17 million, that's a bit of a snip, really. Somebody, 17 million on Pulisic is a decent player, but so they're not really getting top money, whereas some of them, you know, they should be going for a lot more. So uh, 
it's a really tough one to judge because there's a lot of players who have who have left the club and a lot of players been brought in. But again, I still feel that they're short in, in quite a few areas. The, the, the thing that with Chelsea, for me, it's the other end of the pitch. We've, we've spoken about lots of teams without an number And I know that Chelsea's number nine is not necessarily, but for me, their goalkeeper position has got weaker. They've, they've lost Mendy again. I wasn't quite as sold on him as, as others, but but you know, proven. Harry Bizalaga, easy for you to say, Paul Mercer's back in the house. Uh, but you know, he, he was sort of hindered by that price tagging reality, wasn't he? Like everyone was expecting to be this. They, they paid too much for him, but that's not his fault. He's a good goalkeeper. You know, he's gone to Real Madrid, he's, he's a good goalkeeper. For me, now this Petrovic, uh, I listened to Brad Friedel talk about him as potentially the, the best goalkeeper to ever come out of the MLS as being this absolute, you know, he's going to win you points. But again, you know, the MLS and the Premier League are two different things. And Robert Sanchez looks out of his depth. Like, he, look, he just doesn't look like a Premier League goalkeeper to me. So I just feel like actually that those goalkeepers are the problem for me. Yeah, and you know, I'm going to shout out the centre-half position as well because we've been yeah. watching Desarcy, is it? Desarcy yeah. playing at the back. He looks like a bomb scare to me. Um, I'm not sold on him at all. I think still think their best player at the back is Thiago Silva, which yeah. considering he's, what, in near, he's nearly 40, might be 40 now. I think he's a worry. Yeah. <laughs> Which, I mean, Levi Colwell, he's obviously come back from Brighton. Everyone expected big things. I think he's looked pretty shaky at Chelsea. He's not really fit into their style of play like he did at Brighton. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, they did have Fafana. That's a, you know, he's had a terrible injury, haven't they? So, they are well stopped there, but I'm just not sold on the quality. So, I, I think they need him to send her off. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I messaged you sort of separately last night. I think it was all the night before. We sort of said, God, I wish somebody would give me that money to, to build a team because I think it'd look very different and it'd have a different texture to it completely. Uh, I still, like you say, they're, they're still missing some major pieces. And I, I, I was someone that was at the start of the season thinking they could make top four. I don't think that's that's possible now. And being honest, I think that's that's too far. Yeah, you look at the wings though, and they've currently got Sterling on one of the wings, haven't they? Who's been there you know, two seasons now. A lot of people have you know, threw him away, discarded him, haven't they? Yeah. Without him, they look pretty toothless on the wings because you've still got Mudrick who's struggling. Um, and yeah. then they're bringing on youngsters, aren't they, to replace them? I mean, they've just they've allowed um, Callan Hudson-Odoi, looks like he's off as well, doesn't yep. he, Forrest? Forrest. Or, he, or he has gone. So all of the, the backup players on the wings that they had, they haven't got them anymore. So, I mean, they're shut out wide. I think they're short up front. They're, they're short in central defence. I think the only place now that they're not sure after spending a lot of money is central midfield. Agreed. But in my Agreed. eyes... They're short of an attacking central midfielder. They're all they've signed three holders effectively. And Conor Gallagher could be leaving today as well, which would be an interesting one. Uh, I saw a stat last night that uh, Chelsea in this window have spent more than Spurs did in the entire lifetime of Pochettino being as in the five years that Poch was at Spurs, they they spent four hundred and twelve million. And Chelsea have spent 450 million. They've spent more in one window than he did. I don't think he actually knows what to do with all these players, if I'm being brutally honest with you. And like I say, he doesn't look completely set on being here yet. But so, okay. After just all of that. Quick, quick, yeah, just, just a quick one on adding Cole Palmer to that, aren't they, as well, for 45 million. Mm-hmm. This is a player who hasn't got a single senior goal to his name for 45 million pounds. Now, as good as he could be, you know, he could go on to be the best player in the world for all we know. He's not worth £45 million. Man City are laughing all the way to the bank with that. Yes, they've added an English player to their squad, but £45 million is, is is a joke. It's laughable. Yeah. Again, putting the pieces together, it, it reeks of spending the Conor, Conor Gallagher money uh, and replacing him with a homegrown, with a homegrown for me. But I could be wrong. Let's see how the day pans out. But, but like I say, I'm hearing that he, he definitely could be one that they're, they're happy to, not happy, but content with letting go. Uh Give him a number, give him a grade, mate. Where are you going with this one? God knows where, I don't even know where to start, but what are you going with? So I'm going to go a bit out there. So I am going to give this a B plus, not on the face of some of the plays and the quality of stuff, but more on the face of it, of the amount of players that they've managed to get out and off the books and the new players they've got in on the books on big contracts, you know, spreading it over FFP. I think they've done a very good job. So they've had to refresh that squad, haven't they? So I do think they've done a good job. But on the face of the quality that's coming and how much they're lacking, I, I still think there is they're obviously lacking a lot. So I'm going to give it a B minus. Um, but I think yeah. if they can add a couple more, then it then it will be a good window because I think you know the turnover of players there is phenomenal. So whoever's whoever's got that job of turning players over has done a great job. You've earned your money this window. You absolutely have, and I wouldn't mind being an agent working on some of you deals either. But yeah, I'm, I'm going C plus. Uh, could do better. 
could do a lot worse, but it's going to be interesting to see if any of those players actually stick. Uh, Crystal Palace haven't really done much in or out. Uh, obviously, signing Dean Henderson as a goalkeeper was an area that they needed. Jefferson Lerner on a free, arguably, is up there as one of the better transfers of the whole summer. Uh, but losing Wilfred Zaha on a free... Okay, you, you've kept Elise and you've kept Eze. Now, again, I know that we've maybe disagreed on where Elise's uh, ceiling is, but it could be if they, if they close this window with both of those players still in their, their squad, that that actually is their transfer window being a success. Mm, I think they just needed more. Again, you look at where the goals are coming from. You're heavily reliant on Eze and Elisa who are playing on the wings and they're not you know, traditional top-level wingers in the sense of at a top club where you have more of the ball and your wingers are higher up the pitch. They're asked to track back quite a lot, so they're nowhere near the goal. So I think, I can't. I, for me, I can't see how this is a good window at all. No, I agree. I think they're spot on. I think they are definitely... Uh... I don't know if they're hamstrung, I don't know if they're struggling for cash, I don't know whether they just think they've got enough, but you know, it's pretty much exactly the same in and out. Uh, and that tells me that maybe they are, you know, uh, I know that there have been some very big clubs looking at Eze and they wanted upwards of 70, 80 million for him, which obviously is a stretch too far for people, but we'll see. I think, you know, if they can get past 11 o'clock tonight with all those players and maybe they're looking at Rob Holding as an in, you know, maybe, just maybe, but again, like you say, where are the goals coming from? I think they still have enough to stay up, but they're becoming at risk if they don't start to invest properly. They could in the next couple of seasons really start to struggle. Yeah, and I think it could even come into this season. You know, if they, um, you know, they've obviously started right, and we, you know, we know that they've got a solid manager in charge who who will do the job. But it's going to get to a point where they're going to struggle to score goals, aren't they? And if they if it happens, there it looks like they don't have the money to go and buy forward. So. Yeah, I think in the next season or two, unless they start refreshing the squad, because once you get the the same squad playing consistently, it does need that refresh, you know, that reset every now and again. It could start coming quickly to them. Can you give them anything other than a C, just because they've not done enough or nothing or out to really to judge it? I think yeah, I think C minus is probably fair. Like you said, they've had a couple in, couple out, so they've not really. Well, they, I think they have weakened. Obviously, losing Zaha, but it's around about the same, isn't it? I know Frank is quite highly rated from. In Brazil, so whether he's the Zaha replacement, we'll see. But yeah, I think C minus for me. Yeah, we move on to another team that's quite dull in their transfer window. Uh, Everton, obviously, we've talked about them in great depth, that we think they're at massive risk this season. The, the one transfer that I actually like uh, from an Everton point of view is Jack Harrison. I think on a, on a loan, you know, limited risk, I think he adds, he's someone that contributes goals and assists throughout the season. Great work ethic, obviously, come from the Man City kind of background. I think that's a good piece of business. Obviously, Beto scored, albeit against Doncaster in his debut. We know they're struggling for goals. We know they're struggling for FFP. So, really, they're just going to have to be imaginative now, aren't they, if anybody else comes in between now and 11 o'clock tonight? Yeah, I, I think the business that they have done, like I said, bearing in mind that they are pretty much hamstring by FFP. I like Dan Juma. I think he's a good sign on a loan, risk-free. Risk he's, he's a good player. Um, and Shamiti, who's coming from Sporting... Uh, any of you who play football manager out there will know he's a he's a wonder kid. So if if he turns out to be the player that football manager think he is, with have effectively swapped Ellis Sims for Chimiti, that's a good that's a good signing. So yeah, I think they've done had an okay window. I'm still really worried about them as a squad. I still think they'll go down. But if they're hamstrung with FFP, the signings that they've made make sense, and I think it's not too bad of a window so far. So you're going to give them a? I wouldn't give them an A. No, um, you're going to get. No, I've got got where you're coming from but uh, I would give them a C plus I think it's a, it's a basic they've done what they had to do with the window and what they've got um, wouldn't excite me but yeah I think it's a decent solid window for them yeah I, I, I'm, I'm going to be slightly kind I think B minus like you say a uh, couple of good attacking players well four or five good attacking players in there if they can just start converting some of them chances they'll have a chance so yeah I'm going to go with a B minus uh, and I hope for all Everton fans out there that they turn it around and they actually do start to play that football and score those goals. And obviously, we now move on to a team that arguably could end up losing their two best players and one of them on the deadline day, which would be an absolute disaster in the sense that obviously Mitrovic has gone already. Paulinho looks like Bayern Munich are, are sniffing and, and very, very interested. This really, for me, it hinges on, on what happens there for me. 100%. Um, I think if they can keep hold of... So getting rid of... So let's start with Mitrovic. Getting rid of Mitrovic um, is obviously a big loss for them. But at that fee, yep. that's allowed them to refresh the squad with some of the other players coming in. Yep. 
So Jimenez is already slotted in. Looks like he's going to be a decent signing there. Um, whether he can um, score as many goals as Mitrovic will be remain to be seen. But he looks like he's going to be a decent signing, adding Adama Traore into the mix as well. So I think they've done some decent business. But like you said, what concerns me, if they lose Palina, he is absolutely their star player. I think even with Mitrovic there, you'd still say he's their star player. If they lose him, they're going to... They're, the wording was, he will only go to Bayern Munich if they find somebody of quality. Now, there's a reason why Bayern Munich want him is there's not many of those people around. So there's talk of them replacing him with some, some of the players that I've seen are just not on the same level. So I would be really worried for them in a relegation sense of if he does go, I think they're in massive trouble. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And I think on, on that basis, we can't really give them a grade. But I, I think at the moment, it'd have to be, for me, it'd have to be a C. Not enough in for me, not enough quality. You know, Traore, yes, absolutely offers you something off the bench. Of course, does. But again, we know his end product is not there. Jimenez, again, was very prolific before his injury. He's not quite been the same player since. You know, Calvin Bassi, I'm not yet convinced about as being Premier League. Uh, but if they can keep Palinia, like I said, they're looking at McTominay or Hoybier. My understanding is that Hoybier doesn't want to go there. He sees himself going to a better club or a bigger club in his eyes, not not mine. His words, not mine. Uh, he's got his heart set on going to Atletico Madrid. So if they bring in McTominay, I think that is a massive downgrade. And I think you're quite massive. right in the sense that they've, they've lost their goal scorer and they're biting in the middle and they could become a they could become a risk. They could become nice to play. Has William actually gone now? Because he's not on my list of departures here. I, no, I he's, still he he's still there. He's still there. He's still there. Has he still gone? Yeah, that was so it, was I, yeah, that was one. That was one because I know he did sign a contract, and there was rumours that he was still off anyway. So yeah, that's keeping him. I think is massive because if they lost him as well as Solomon as well, um, who you know he had a great impact at the end of the season, didn't he? Which I would have been very more concerned. But yeah, now Williams there, I think that's that's a positive for them. What's, what's your grade? What you got for? I'm going to go for a C plus, just because even just the rumours around that. Um, Polina could go scare me for them. Yeah. So I'm going to go C plus. I'd be going C minus, but if he goes, it's, it's definitely a D, maybe even an E. Uh, obviously, Liverpool, uh, this is really all about central midfield players, being honest with you. And, and really, my question to you is a simple one is, is their new midfield better than their old midfield? I'm going to say the answer to that is yes, based on last year, because Fabinho looks a shadow of the player that he was. He, you know, he didn't look a Premier League player at all in the last season. I mean, they've got 40 million quid for him, which is amazing. Um, Jordan Henderson, 12 million quid for somebody who's on the decline as well. And then you're replacing them with Alexis McAllister and Schlobsly. And potentially, is it Gravenbeck who's coming yep. in from Bayern Munich? It looks like that's going to get done as well. So I think, yes, absolutely, their midfield looks stronger. I'm going to mark them down in the sense that they lost... Oxley Chamberlain, Naby Keita, James Milder, and Roberto Firmino, all to free transfers. That's poor planning for me. So, firstly, let's start there on the outs. You need to be getting money. For, I'm not saying you're going to change your, you know, but you should be getting money for all four of them players. You need to, you need to organise that better. So that that marks them down. I think you've lost a leader in Jordan Henderson, but I agree with you in the sense that I think that midfield is more dynamic. There's going to be more goals. Even Endo is is an underrated player that people have almost kind of scoffed at because it wasn't their first or second choice, but actually he's a very good player. So you know. They absolutely have upgraded that midfield. Their, their front six are, you know, who do you pick? You know, I guess the question is, do you think there's a chance? Because the numbers coming through from Saudi is that they're offering 115 million for Salah and 1.5 million pounds a week for him. Mm. If, if Liverpool take that, that, that's got to give us a completely different outlook, isn't it? Uh, yeah, I think it does. I think the only thing for me is that I can't see them selling him on the last day of the window. To have nobody lined up as a replacement for him, and even though they've got some people in the building already, I think they'd they'd be looking to spend a big proportion of that um, incoming fee for him, which I don't think they've got enough time. So I think they'll reject that. I think he could go in the next window, though. For me, just before we move on, I think that defence is where they look weak. Like you know, this weekend they're going to be without Van Dijk. Uh, you know, for me, I think they needed some more defensive cover. If Robertson was to get injured or Trent, you know, who who's the backup? You know, who's the backup dancer? I don't know. I, I just I think that they're, they're focused on that midfield probably rightly, but I think defensively, if they don't start to get that right, they could be they, they could start to come. Second, I, I fancy them to concede a goal in every game. Yeah, I agree. I think they're hugely short at centre half. Uh, but still time, still time. So uh, Liverpool, give them a great mate. What you got? I'm going to go for a B because I think the business that they've done, the players that they've lost, they, they've replaced them with younger, more uh, with younger players with of quality. So they have almost gone quality for quality. Although, like you said, I think they are SNL short. So I'm going to go for a B minus. 
I'm going to go for B plus. I think Schlopperschlein and McAllister for a combined total of a hundred million quid is phenomenal business when you look at what some of the other players have gone for. So I think for that alone, I'm going to give them uh, a, a little boost uh, as we start to fly through. Now, we're, we're, we're probably taking too long here. Mate. We'll probably need to whiz through some. And, and Luton is probably a team that, uh, being honest with you, they're doing what they can do, right? They're, they're kind of juggling. They're, they're trying to make something work. In reality, they don't want to overcommit because they feel like they're going to go back down again. There's nothing on this page that excites me at all, I'm afraid. The only one that I think is exciting is Ross Barkley, just because of the potential that he had. And if he's up, is it, if he's up for it there, he's a good pickup on a free, isn't he? And he's not going to be. You shouldn't imagine he wouldn't be on two huge wages there. Um, I like the I like the look of Ryan Giles as well at left back. I think he's a very solid player. I think he'll be a good purchase for five million pounds as well. Um, yeah, the rest of it, you know, marvelous Nakamba flopped at Villa has has performed well in the Championship. Don't think he's a Premier League player. So yeah. I, Although uh, I'm not, I'm, we're grading this on the t- on the players that have come in, aren't we? But actually, for Luton Town, for where they've come from, this is actually I think is a decent window for them. So it's quite yeah. hard to, to judge, isn't it? So yes and no, in the sense that yes, if, if we're looking at doing the right thing for the the, the the club moving forward forever, it's the right window because they can't go crazy. You know, they need to find players that will be happy in the Championship. They're probably too good for the Championship, but not good enough for the Premier League. But we're talking about for this window for this year, and therefore for me. I can only give that a D. Yeah, I'm going to go C plus just because I think you know they have bought some young players there with potential and and an upsell value, and they've added Ross Barkley, who's experienced in the middle of the park. So I'm going to go C plus. Man City is a curious case. Out, you've got obviously a couple of young players out on loan: Harwood, Bellis, Peroni, both highly thought of Tommy Doyle uh, and then they lose Gundogan they lose Laporte they lose Mares, they lose Palmer so for good some money you know 114 million quid in or whatever it is are you sure that the players they've bought in are better than the players they've lost I'm I was a bit unnerved about their window but then they've added uh, Gavardial and sent Laporte out so direct replacement and it's for me it's an upgrade obviously he's younger as well I like Jeremy Doku coming in. Um, 60 million quid is is a lot of money, or 60 million euros. But I do think he's a younger version, isn't he, of Mares, but obviously with more pace and direct. So they have lost players, but then directly replaced them. So I do think this is a decent window. Um, but I don't think it's anything to be like hugely exciting about. You, normally you see them sign a star player, don't you? Where they've almost gone down a bit of a different model here, a couple of younger players in Gavardio and Doku. So I think it's an interesting window for City. But yeah, I'm, I'm not overly impressed by it but I think again it's just solid they've just done what they needed to do yeah agreed I think there comes a point where Morris was 32 Laporte was 29 Grindelwald was 32 and you forget that you forget that they're actually we're getting on to the end of their, their career anyway so actually to get some money for some of them and move them on uh, I'm, I'm going to give this a B plus I think like you say that I think Nunes and Kovacic I know you are not massively but I, I think both of them will be far superior in this team than they were in their previous team and I think that Premier League experience they've already got means they'll hit the ground running and I think actually you'll see both of those players coming to their own. I think Nunes will actually fill that Gundogan role better than people think he will. Mm, so, so I'm, I'm B plus. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to say B plus as well. I mean, I'm, I'm more I'm more impressed with Kovacic as I as I watch him. Um, but I didn't have as much reservations of Kovacic as I did with Nunes, just because Kovacic has proven it at Chelsea that he is a good player. Nunes has come to the Premier League with a huge reputation. Now, I've not seen any games where I thought, wow, he's a player and he's you know, controlling. The play. I get that he's been at Wolves and not a higher team, so he's obviously going to be in a better team and controlling more of the ball. But you know, I mean, I think Kovacic for me at twenty-five million um, to replace Gundogan is is a decent buy. And I said the more I watch him in that side, he fits them like a glove. Nunes for the price, I'm going to be interested to see because I think I've got a sneaky feeling he might flop. Beauty of football, mate. We've all got an opinion, right? That's the beauty. Absolutely, we did. So Manchester United on the other side of Manchester, let's be honest, I'm not convinced. I think they've, you know, they've just signed Sergio Reggie on, on loan. And uh, yeah, let's just say the Spurs fans that I know are celebrating, even though they didn't get any money for him, they just got he's out of the squad because he can't play for them again. Uh, they are very unimpressed and I'll take their word on it. They haven't watched more than, than, than I have. Obviously, Hoyland, the big centre-forward signing, hasn't been able to play yet. I think he will make a difference. But I want to start, for me, this all hinges on Anana. And again, I go, I go back to that. Yes, we've all seen the videos of how amazing he's with his feet. But that, that first goal for Knott's Forest, what the bleeding hell was he doing? 
But I'm going to go back even further and go the goal, the the penalty that wasn't given against Wolves. Like he's coming flying yes. out his box. He looks like a, he, he looks like a bomb scare to me. Like I, I'm not impressed with their window at all. I think Anana's massively overrated just because he's okay with his feet. So are other goalkeepers out there. Yes. Like we spoke about Robert Sanchez being a downgrade, didn't we? He's just as good with his feet as Anana is. So you know we're criticising Robert Sanchez. Anana's for me is on the same same level. I don't think he's he's that good of a goalie at all. Hoyland at 75 million euros. He's got potential, hasn't he? But it's a lot of money on a young player up front who who could flop very easily. Um, Johnny Evans from Leicester City as, as backup replacement. Can't believe that the signs will be he's massively injury prone. And we spoke about Mason Mount before. My personal opinion is I don't rate him at all. I think he's a terrible sign and doesn't fit into their squad. So I think this is a terrible window for United. Go on, where are you going? It sounds like a D to me. I'm going D. Yeah, I'm going to D. They needed to get some real quality into that squad in areas where they were lacking. And... I don't think they've improved. Like for me, De Gea is a miles better keeper than Anana. Yeah. I'd have just kept De Gea on the books. Yeah, yeah. I think Amrabat, if they can get him over the line, uh, turns this into a, a C window for me. They are. They look miles off the pace. They, they, they've not been great this season for me this weekend. Arsenal are absolutely shooting to beat them on Sunday. They're, they're lacking at the back. They've not got enough firepower up front, and their midfield gets overrun. Other than that. <laughs> I think they're doing all right. So, yeah, I, I think I'm being maybe soft with a C, but uh, let's see what the rest of the window brings. Amrabat would be a big upgrade for them. And a team that, if I'm honest with you, until yesterday afternoon, I thought we'd had quite a good window. And then I saw their Champions League draw. And now I think Newcastle need a lot more than they've got. And that might be an unfair reason to base it on. But Tenali, Barnes, Livermento and Lewis Hall are really the three that are coming into, or sorry, four, is that four? Uh, four, yeah, that are coming to the first team squad. Uh, is it enough, do you think? I mean, obviously, that's a tough, tough arse now because they, they haven't got any easy games in Europe either. So it's going to be a tough season for Newcastle now, isn't it? Yeah, I think it is, especially that's, that Champions League draw just stinks to me of going out in the group stage. And that's not put not through no fault of their own, really. There's some very tough teams in there. Tonali, I think, was a great start to the window. And then adding Barnes for the price that they did, 38 mil, was again another great signing. But Barnes doesn't seem to be playing, so you can say that they've not improved the eleven. Tonali's come straight in. Livramento is yet to start, I believe, and he's yeah. inj- he's very injury prone. So thirty-two million for somebody who didn't play at all last year is a lot to to lay out. And Lewis Hall is unproven, but paid a lot of money for him. So yeah, I don't think they've done enough. I think they need to add some more quality. Um, they're heavily reliant now, aren't they, on on Isak? I know Will, Wilson is backing him up, and he's a very good player, but. They're heavily reliant. I don't think Wilson's a patch on on Isak at the minute. I think he's he's a very good player and he's only going to improve. So they're heavily reliant on him. If he gets injured, they could struggle. They're another centre back injury away from disaster as well for me. Uh, if Botman was to go out, I think they'd be they'd be seriously up against it. So uh, for that, I, I can, I'm, I'm going to give them a C minus. I can see what they tried to do. I, I felt like they were doing okay, but that Champions League draws has, has popped my bubble. So I'm going C minus. Where are you going for Newcastle? Yep, spot on. I think C minus. Uh, we then come to another one of these clubs that just seems to like playing championship manager and wants to sign everybody and sell everybody and see what happens at the end of the window. Uh, and Notts Forest, I think it's going to be difficult for us to give them a score at one o'clock on Good Friday because uh, in reality, there's still so much to happen, both in and out. Uh, I don't think they've really added enough quality yet, if I'm honest with you. And it sounds like they're going to lose Brennan Johnson, uh, which whether you think he's a good player or not, he was one of their main men last season. Uh, where do you think... Not as far as though, mate. What can they do in the rest of the window that, that might turn this around? Well, I, I think they did a lot of their business last year, didn't they? Really. So a lot of the players that you see in their squad are all signings from last year. Um, Chris Wood, who's who's coming permanently this year, was there on loan. So the only real one they've added is Matt Turner and Alanga. And Alanga, I think, is a decent player, but he's pretty unproven. And Matt Turner was the Arsenal reserve goalkeeper, and you've gone from having. Uh, Dean Henderson or Kaelin Navison goals all of a sudden having Matt Turner, who was Arsenal's backup. So I think they look weak. I don't think it's the best of windows. They'll probably sign five or six more players in the next hour. Um, so yeah. yeah, I think it's a hard one to judge. But on the face of it, I'm going um, I'm going a D so far. I think it's a very poor window for them. They've lost a lot of players as well. The, the one for me is Gonzalo Montiel, obviously coming from Sevilla, World Cup winner. Uh, generally speaking, this is a real kind of stereotype, but I continue defenders are normally tough tackling, hard-nosed kind of guys. Uh, he might be the one that sticks, but you know, even Nuno Tavares from Arsenal, you know, again, he's not good enough for Arsenal. You know, he had a good season last season, but again, you know, for me, Chris Wood's not going to score you twenty goals a season. Alanga's not going to create twenty goals a season. 
this all feels a bit much. And I feel like they're just moving players for the sake of it. I don't know what the strategy is. I don't know what, you know, and I know someone that works at not as far as who works on the strategy. And the strategy is to have three Premier League players in every position. I don't think they've done it again. I think they're missing the point. I think they need to slow down and just start to work on quality, not quantity. Yeah. And so for me, I can only give that a C minus. And I, I think not as far as will have enough to stay up, but they really need to just, you know, for the the poor manager, it must be so difficult to know, you know, again, you look at the Chelsea stuff and we all kind of dig them out, but, but not as far as they're as bad at just churning players. Like, you yeah. some they're refreshing the squad, aren't they? Like you said, three players every position. We're better off having two quality players in every position and moving yourself up the table. Yeah, they seem to just keep refreshing that squad with like for like. Really, don't know. There's it's no improvement. It's bonkers. So, Chef, you, uh, we're both not particularly excited about their chances, but two players that might. They both were banging in the championship last season in Cameron Archer and obviously Gustavo Hammer. If they can both translate that form into Premier League football, they might have a chance of staying up. Is that fair or is that, is that too ambitious? No, I think that's fair. I think the one thing that um, worries me is selling NDI. He was their main player last year. He scored all their goals, but their biggest threat. And it doesn't, oh, I don't think they've replaced him, really. So I'm still concerned about the goals, but I think Gus Hayman is a great signing. Um, but they've, what they've done is they've kept a lot of their squad that they had there last year. So when Forrest came last year, it was a full rebuild, wasn't it? They didn't have any players. They've effectively kept their full squad with the exception of a couple, a couple out end of contracts and a couple on freeze. And um, yeah, I mean, Sander Burge going as well is a bit of a hit, but I think Gus Haim is a better player than Burge. So yeah. I think they've actually improved. So where are you going? What are you giving him? It sounds like you've got a lot. Yeah, I'm going C+. Plus, so I'm still not completely excited by the window. Um, so losing the main striker is the biggest thing for me because I still think they lack a bit of goals but I think they have improved in other areas and they've kept the squad intact from last year so yeah C plus yeah, I'm going to go B minus just because it's difficult for these teams to attract players knowing that they're probably going to get one year in the Premier League and you go in there in the hope that you can portray yourself so that another Premier League come, comes and buys you uh, which is a bit of a weird way of looking at it but but for me it's a B minus because to attract some good young talent like I say if Hamer can work obviously Vinny Souza is coming to replace Santa Burge so, so, so they're, they're, there's a plan there I like the fact they've kept the squad relatively compact and not gone over the top so for me it's a B minus but obviously I still fully expect them to go down so I guess you know where's the logic Rich because you go to other teams with a higher score but you expect that but anyway uh, we move on to Tottenham now I'm, I'm going to start this with a little bit of a side twist because I think uh I'm actually going to give their last summer's window some props because actually some of the players that are making the splash in this Spurs team now, in the Adogis, in the Sars, uh, were actually signed last year and obviously went on loan, did their thing and they've now come back into the squad and they're doing their thing. Obviously, uh, most people, if you're asking for a transfer of the summer, James Madison's in and around the mix because of the price. Uh, but the one player that's impressed me and again, it goes back to that Anana piece because this guy was supposed to be Anana's replacement into Milan, but Spurs got there when the Raya deal fell down. Is the goalkeeper in Vicario. Left foot, right foot. He's made some good saves. If you go back to the Man United game, Man United had some chances. You know, kept kept Spurs to nil or kept Man United to nil. So I think actually the goalkeeper might be as good a signing as, as some of those others that are being more sort of nationally recognised as transfer of the window. Hmm. I think when you um, when you hear a lot about goalkeepers, they're either doing something really right or something really wrong, aren't they? The fact that not a lot is being said just shows that he's a solid player who's who's doing his job really well. So yeah, I, I think he's a good sign. And the one uh, the one we just mentioned, Jason Madison, I think is an absolute snip. But I think what's happened is obviously with um, with Harry Kane being sold, um, is it Veliz who's come from yep. Argentina? Looks, looks like he's going to be uh, somebody who they're going to groom into that position going forwards. I just think they've done a, a lot of good, solid business here. I, like, I, really, I really like Van der Ven. I think he looks a real good player at the back. He's got pace, hasn't he, as well? Big, strong, pacey defender who helps cover, which I think has been a problem at Spurs. They've not really had too much pace in that back line. So I think he looks a really good buy. Yeah, but yeah. He outpaced the Dharma Traore in the in the, in the, in the uh, Carabao Cup the other night. Which, uh, if I have one more Spurs fan show me that video, I'm going to pop him on the nose. Uh, yeah, very interesting. I think I think for me, Spurs, it's almost about what they haven't done as much as what they have done. Though you know, they're still centre back looks weak. You know, left back looks light. You know, if James Madison was to get injured, then what? Uh, you know, they haven't replaced Harry Kane. Richarlison doesn't look. Like he's going to be able to. Kulisevsky doesn't look like a player he was. So for me, there's still lots of questions here. So, so I can only give this a C, even though what I will say though is that I think Postacoglu 
has done a phenomenal job of changing the whole context of that football club. But I think it's going to take him a couple of years to get Spurs to where he thinks they might be. Yeah, I'm going to go with a B-plus window here because I think when you look at the business done, they've filled a lot of gaps that they had. A lot of those players being brought in are young with potential and huge upsell value. They've got a couple of players back from alone, like Adogi as well and Lacelso, who have come back into the squad and make them look stronger. One person not mentioned is Manor Solomon. Had a great end to the season of Fulham and he, I don't think he's even kicked the ball yet, has he? But he's he's backing up the wingers that you've currently got. And then you're looking at where Son plays for me because where you've got all of these players on the wings now, is Son can be pushed into that number nine role to replace with Charleston. So I, I do think there's a bit of strength in depth there, especially in the forward areas. Like you mentioned, though, there doesn't seem to be any backup for James Madison, which, which is the concern um, that Spurs fans have had for, what, five years since Christian Eriksen's been there. Yeah, at least, yeah. Uh, the biggest turnaround of all teams for me is next on the list, West Ham. I, I, I have to eat humble pie. Uh, I was definitely very anti them at the start of the window, you know, losing Declan Rice. I didn't think they would... And Skamaka to, 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 to name but two, but actually the four players, I'm going to give them four players that they've, they've brought in has completely changed for me the ethos and the concept of the team. In, in the, obviously, Mavropanos hasn't played yet, but he's a good signing. James Ward-Prowse, Edison Alvarez, or Edison Alvarez and, and Kudos are, are, are four fantastic pieces of business that essentially uses the Declan Rice money exactly how you should, strengthen the squad in various positions, Cover him, you know, James Ward-Prowse looks like a, a phenomenal piece of business to me. I'm really excited about what West Ham have done. Yeah, we, you you were very worried about them, weren't you? I, I had a bit more faith in the sense that they've got to spend the money, but I, I was worried about who they bring in. And when you look at those names on there, they've bought proven talent, haven't they, as well? And But also, I mean, they're, they're young as well, but they're proven. So Kudus has, has been a great player for Ajax recently, hasn't he? He's really been tearing, tearing the league apart. Um, Edson Alvarez as well has, has looked really good in midfield and was really good for Ajax as well. So they've been buying young players. Um, you know, and actually, when you look at the outlay, they've not spent that much, have they? Like you said, it's just the Declan Rice money. But if they were to sell some of those players you know, in a year's time, they'll double the money on them. So yeah, I think it's been a great window and they've now strengthened their entire team by losing Declan Rice. Yeah, I'm excited for, for what they're doing. And of course, if they win tonight, they go top of the league. It's all good being a happy hammer. Uh, Give them a score. Where are you going? What's, what's the grade here? I'm going to go uh, A- minus at the minute because I'd like to see one more player come in. But A-. minus. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to match you. And if, I, if you'd have asked me that even four weeks ago, I'd have laughed at you. You'd thought we could get that high. So, so that, you know, to lose Declan Rice is still kind of an A-. minus. He's a fantastic piece of work. And the new sporting director uh, deserves all of the credit. He's done a phenomenal job. We come finally to Wolves. And honestly, I feel like we can't really talk about this today because they've got so much going on today that could really change the complexity. Because obviously, they've just sold, sold their main man in Nunez. They've they, 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 they lost Neves. They've lost Collins. So that, I mean, there's nearly 150 million quid there alone. Obviously, Connor Cody, Jimenez, they've lost some leaders. They've lost a trial on a freezer. Yeah. Matinho was, one, was, was a, kind of a key player for them. They've lost so much kind of strength of that old kind of Wolves team. They've lost the manager, albeit that we think that maybe, you know, Gary O'Neill might be very good going forward. They've got an, a, a net profit of transfers. They just need a massive day, don't they? They do. They do. I mean, when I look at that team now, and I look, especially when I look at the outs, you've got Neves, Cody, Collins, Jimenez as well, Matinho. They, all, they were all leaders in that team. And when you look at some of the players that have come in, none of those strike me as leaders who are going to, you know, Fill the, fill the holes of a Ruben Neves being captain or Conor Cody in previous years. So I think they are a bit a bit um, leaderless in that side. And so I'm, I'm we've said it before, I've, I've been worried about Wolves for a while now. Um, if they lose Nunes, which looks like it's happening as well, they're very short on quality. So today is a huge day for them. So I think we're going to have to judge it as it is now rather than what could be, aren't we? And so therefore then it has to be a, it has to be a D minus for me now. I'm going D as well, yeah. It's got to be a D. Uh, I can't see how that how any Wolves fan looks at that window and thinks that they're stronger or that's been a good window. That was good fun, Frank. That was that was that was that was a lot of detail there. Thank you very much. Now, last question from me before we move on is is your transfer of the window. Give me your very, very best transfer, the one that you think, whether it be 150 million or, or a free transfer, who's your who's the transfer of the window? I think it's quite an easy one, really. I think 
as of this minute in time, I think you have to say it's James Madison. I think he fits the team. Um, I think he fits Spurs perfectly. I think what they paid for him was half of what they should have. I think they've got him at a you know real, real good deal. Um, he's English, which obviously helps with their, their quotas in Europe and stuff like that. So I think James Madison for me is, is the one. Uh, that, that's definitely up there, of course. I, I think it's going to be interesting for me. I think I'd, I'd go the other side of North London. I know he's very, very expensive, but I think Declan Rice in time will become an absolute stalwart with that Arsenal team. I think that was a great piece of business to get in there for other clubs did, and I think uh, long will they be very happy with that signing. Uh, so I'm going to go across the across the road to Arsenal. Uh, Can I chuck another one out there? Just somebody that I, something a piece of business that I think again it's a lot of money, but I just think his age and the quality that he's shown already in the, in the, the first few games. Um, the Croatian lad has come to Man City, Gradio. Yeah, yeah he's good plan. top. Yeah. He is top top draw. They've paid seventy seven million for him. They, they've they said they've got rid of a twenty nine yard Laporte who's class and brought in. I think he's twenty two, twenty three, might be twenty four, but we're gonna have another five, six, seven seasons out of him. So you spread seventy seven million over that period of time, and it's just, it's another snip. So I think he's a great piece of business. Thanks for listening to the latest episode, and we hope you enjoyed it. Once again, thank you for all the support you've given us, and please help us grow the channel by following us on Twitter and Spotify. From both Rich and Fran at the Atmospheres Electric, goodbye and we hope to see you next week.